welcome back to the Just Start Storytelling Podcast. My name is Ariel Beth Klein. I'm an actor, writer, creative coach based in New York City. And today I'm so excited about our bonus episode. There, There is, I had a wonderful conversation with Christy Donna Ng. Uh, Christy is a wonderful actor, producer, writer, director, wearer of many hats, multi-hyphenate in the dearest sense of the word. And today we talked about um, a reading it was so much more than that even and we get into it in the episode but it was like a collection of plays by asian american writers and it's called reflections it was um put up at the barrow group uh during one of their virtual events and yeah so today we kind of talk about her process planning it curating it and um yeah just her experience as an artist uh throughout a little bit throughout other projects but mostly just about reflections all right Let's get into it. Ari, stop her talking. <laughs> Enjoy. So can you just start by telling the people a little bit about <laughs> yourself as a human slash artist, whatever that means to you? Well, hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm Christy Donna Ng, um, originally from San Francisco, California, proud uh, second, third generation Chinese American. Um, and I... Uh, I actually wanted to be an actor when I was a kid, but I was told Asians don't make it in Hollywood, so do something else. So I did. Uh, I went to uh, school. I got a BA in political science, master's in international relations at NYU, and I worked at Human Rights Watch for four and a half years. Uh, but then I just realized that, you know, I always still wanted to pursue my dream of being an actor. So uh, about seven years ago, um, I started training at the Barrow Group uh, for acting and writing. And uh, since then, I've you know I've become like a actor, writer, producer, <laughs> rock star. Uh, <laughs> you're so sweet, thank you. And uh, yeah, I've, I've I've been really really happy, like the happiest um, I've been. I loved doing my work in Human Rights Watch. Don't get me wrong, uh, and I do miss it a lot. And I try to maybe in the future will incorporate you know some of that human rights work and in, into my own work. Uh, but I've I've just really, really enjoyed, um, you know, being an actor and a producer and meeting a lot of wonderful people like yourself. And um, and especially in the last year, you know, um, I, I started writing because I knew being a 30 something female Asian that I am, uh, that I would have to write the parts that I wanted to play, you know, cause what I get is usually a very stereotypical accented, really terrible roles. Um, so that's why I started writing and especially in the last year or two, I've, I've realized, you know, how important it is to really, um, tell like authentic stories, you know, and, and tell our stories and tell them authentically. Uh, so I'm really, um, I'm, I'm proud to be a writer actor. So, um, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. You're, as you said, like you wear so many hats and you just have so much experience in as a creative. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to like hear your, um, process and how you approach, um, storytelling, um, and such. And so just to tell everyone, we're just going to focus on one of Christie's projects, um, that she produced. And I think, did you direct, you curated and did you direct a piece? I forgot. I'm so curated, sorry. Curated. Yeah. Um, hosted, produced, edited. <laughs> yeah. And then I directed two scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and just to tell you too, if 
you know, any of the questions that I ask apply to other projects that you've done, feel free to talk about those too, because we're talking about like process mostly with, with my company um, and would love your insight. So yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about Reflections and how it kind of came to be? Yeah, so um, back in February, uh, the Bear Group's teacher, uh, Kay Laurel Manning, did a wonderful program called Trouble in Mind, where he highlighted, uh, I think it was 11 uh, Black playwrights um, and just uh, snippets from their plays from the 1800s to now um, in honor of you know, Black History Month. And I watched it and I was so inspired by it. I really loved it. I loved learning about all these new playwrights and seeing um, you know all these POC actors getting to do this material and really shining and um, you know we were still kind of more knee-deep in the pandemic back then you know so online theater was like our only source of yeah. like acting <laughs> um, so I loved it and and I, I talked to Laurel and I said you know could I do something like this for um, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month and he gave us his gave me his blessing um, which was so nice and I thought about it for a long time and I was like, God, it's gonna be a lot of work. I don't know if I really, really wanna do it. I like, I wanted to, but I also like just knew how much work it's gonna be. And I was yeah. like, I don't know, I don't know. How many um, months before, I'm sorry to interrupt you, how many months before AAPI month did you did, like kind of decide that you were gonna start this project? So I talked to Laurel about it like end of February, um, yeah. but I didn't actually decide to do it until after the um, Atlanta shootings in March. Uh, because it was a such a um, you know traumatic and really painful time I think for lots of Asian Americans I, I'm not speaking for everyone but I'll, I'll speak for me you know the whole year has been really rough right with um, over 6,000 incidents but I think back in March with you know six gunned down in one day um, was just too much to handle you know one yeah one every other day or one a week was like okay god this hurt this hurts this hurts this hurts but like just six in one day was just like okay <laughs> we got to hit pause and yeah really stop um to give ourselves time to heal because we internalize so much of that you know um so yeah after this so after like a week of like being really scared and going out you know if if i went out i went out in disguise um you know, yeah, after a week or so, I was like, okay, I got to do something, you know, so then I decided to do that, uh, especially because what is part of the thing I realized in the last year, too, is like a lot of people don't know the history of Asian Americans in the U.S., so I wanted to teach that a little bit, but also like things like the exoticism of Asian women and um, violence against Asians is not new, right? It just got worse in the last year. So I really wanted to show the history of Asians in this country and also like trace, trace it back to like back, we're talking like back, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s where that anti-Asian uh, sentiment started, you know? So mm -hmm. it was, it was for me, it was for other people, <laughs> it was for, you know, just to um, get ourselves out there. And, you know, I told the whole cast and crew this at the time, I said, you know, I, I'm not going to make any kind of delusion that like our show is going to change the world. But what I hope, you know, in addition to sharing and, and um, you know, just this knowledge, you know, sharing this education of our country and our history um, for the creatives, I, I hoped that it was um, 
a nice opportunity to be together, even on Zoom, uh, to read these amazing playwrights' pieces, to meet other people in, you know, the Asian American theater community. Um, you know, perhaps a little bit of a, of an escape, <laughs> a little bit of um, a little bit of our old life right uh before everything you know kind of got taken away from us and also we're you know we were re-emerging so those who maybe hadn't done any zoom theater done a little bit like you can you know kind of get your feet wet get your you know get back in the game as we're you know going to start opening up and um you know being back yeah. on stage and on set very soon so uh yeah so it, it really it started after the atlanta shootings and i wanted to take something so um sad and traumatic for us and you know do something positive with all that like energy that i had so yeah well it was a really beautiful and powerful um show and so thank you for for doing that um thank you for yeah. watching yeah i learned so much and so just to explain a little bit for those who didn't see it it was um a scene night but they also included um like historical tidbits in between. Can you talk a little bit about um, kind of the process of curating a sea night on this level? Because I feel like it it entails so much more work than just picking a few scenes and, and putting them up. Can you just talk a little bit about yeah. like <laughs> step one was this, step two was this, and kind of how it came to be a little bit? Yeah, I wish it was that simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so my my original goal before I even, you know, um, started doing research was to like, like I said, tell the story of Asian Americans. And so I started, um, I, I went, a friend of mine, Jeremy Rafal, he sent me a website called Asian American Theater Review. And it it told, they had two um, main articles that I that I looked to for, for guidance and inspiration. Um, one was 31 plays by Asian playwrights for AAPI month. Another one was like a history of Asian Americans you know, in the US. Um, so yeah, it was, like I said, my goal was to tell our story, but I didn't know what existed out there, right? Shame on me, so bad, shame on me. But I, I mostly just known a lot of more modern, um, you know, uh, Asian playwrights um, and Asian like plays, you know, that have been on or, you know, been on mm -hmm. recently. So as I started to do the research, I realized that, yeah, oh my gosh, we, there were playwrights doing, the Asian players doing their thing in like the early 1900s. Um, Kumukuhua Theater in Hawaii was like one of the first like big theater companies that um, were producing Asian plays and the University of Hawaii in Manoa um, was like, you know, had, had their like training program. So that's where like a lot of like Asian playwrights started out. Um, so they've been around for a long time. Um, so then I just started to do a lot of research into different plays and how I could fit these plays into the narrative. So, um, we'll, you know, start with like David Henry Huang, who's just like, you know, <laughs> the blueprint, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I looked at all his plays and he has so many, right? Um, but the one I found that we used was The Dance in the Railroad. It was, it was a two-hander um, about, you know, two Chinese railroad workers. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know this existed. Um, and I asked, I asked my husband, I was like, you know, I, there are so many more famous plays from, you know, David Henry Huang than that one, but this one really fits my narrative and like, should I do this? Cause I, I really, you know, I want to highlight it. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> like 
maybe people don't maybe maybe people only know M Butterfly and don't know any other, or maybe they know Fob or Yellowface, but like highlight one of his, you know, maybe that one that hasn't been done in a while, right? Um, also just trying again, fitting that story, right? Um, and then another one that I found that was so personal to me uh, was Paper Angels um, by Jenny Lim, which is about um, uh, Chinese immigrants who came to the U.S. and were held at Angel Island um, in the San Francisco Bay uh, indefinitely, you know, um, to before being allowed entry into the United States. They call it the um, Ellis Island of the West Coast. Um, and so I didn't know this play existed. Uh, my grandfather actually, when he was nine years old, was um, uh, held at Angel Island for, oh my God, I forget, I think it was 39 days. Oh, I have to get yeah. my script out. Um, but he was, <laughs> let me get my script out. I don't want, yeah. I want to be accurate. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get it in like two seconds. Um, All right, thank you for sharing. But the things that he would tell, he would, he didn't always talk about it because it was such a traumatic, you know, it's, it's, I mean, he's nine years old, right? Um, let me pull up for just a second. Uh, yeah, he was nine years old and he spent 34 days at Angel Island before being released to reunite with his dad in San Francisco, my great grandpa. So things he told us that happened growing up, like fights breaking out, he heard about suicides, he heard, you know, all kinds of things, people being on the island, you know, he was, he was on for, he was on the island for 34 days, yeah, I swear, um, my cousins and I would hear different times, like, <laughs> some of us, he told three months, six months, we did it, you know, and it wasn't until after we passed, and then my cousin Beth found his record that we was like, oh, it's 34 days, but of course, to a nine-year-old, 34 days seems like forever, right, oh, yeah. so, you know, totally understand him thinking like he was there for three months or six months or something. Um, but yeah, so, and then in Jenny's play was, um, you know, all these things that my grandpa talked about, you know, and I was like, wow, I can't believe this play exists. Um, I felt like, you know, my grandpa passed away 18, 18 years ago. And I don't know, I just felt really close to him. Again, I felt like I learned something new about him, felt connected to him in a way I never had before because it was like my two worlds coming together, my family and like my, my love, my passion, like theater, right? Um, so, I just got chills. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, the power of storytelling, I'm telling it, you, yeah. It really is. And I don't, you know, and these stories are still important because, you know, my cousin, I mean, when, um, you know, the previous administration was holding kids at the border. I mean, it was the same, it's yeah. the same thing. We have this pattern of keeping people out, you know, and, and a lot of it is so like race, you know, driven, ethnically driven. And, and it's just such a, it's such a terrible, terrible, terrible um, pattern in this country. Um, and, and I feel like it's not something that we, want to be known for but unfortunately we've just been doing this for centuries right um yeah so all those pieces started coming into place you know and then you know, i found genie sakata's play about the japanese internment and 
So all these, you know, star layers. Um, I also wanted to include, I wanted it to be as diverse as possible. Again, you know, not a monolith. So I want to include a piece, a piece from a Pacific Islander. So I found Susan Sunni Stanton's play that I love. Um, wanted LGBTQ representation. So Cheyu's play was great. Um, I, did, I thought Jeremy and Ariel did a great job. Um, yeah, just really, you know, uh, Viet Gone, which is amazing. I don't know if you've seen uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, but Kui Gwen wrote, you know, he co-wrote that with Adele Lim. Oh my goodness, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kui, Kui Gwen, who wrote Viet Gone, was the co-writer with Adele Lim for Ryan and the Last Dragon, which I just wow. watched and loved. Um, so I just really wanted to, again, go with the narrative of teaching people, you know, our history and then teaching it through art. Uh, and also just, you know, sharing so much um, of our culture and, and, you know, giving actors and directors an opportunity to work and highlighting these amazing playwrights. Um, yeah, they, they were all great. And I was, I was so grateful to them for letting us use their pieces. So, yeah, yeah. very long answer to your question. But <laughs> no, it's, oh my gosh, I absolutely, are you kidding? I love stories. Thank you for telling that. Yeah, I love it. Um, so I'm just wondering, I know that we're, you know, as you said, opening up again, but um, I'm just curious about how it was um, as a, whichever speaks to you, producer, uh, curator, director um, on Zoom, like how much time did you have with the actors? How much time did you think that you spent like rehearsing? Kind of what was the timeline a little bit? It was very short uh, because again, um, <clears throat> only, you know, decided to do it like end of March, early April. Uh, so then had to do the casting and then also ask the playwrights for permission. These playwrights are very busy, you know, um, so some of them, some of them got back to me really quickly, which was wonderful. Some, you know, took a week or two because, you know, yeah, yeah. Like Gwen works for Marvel, like, <laughs> you know, Casual. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like <laughs> who's the, you know, and I've never met him before. So of course it would take, it would take, you know, a week or two for him to get back to me, like, because he's really busy. Um, so it, it was, you know, very fast pace. Um, yeah, limited amount of time. But again, I, I just knew that if we could pull this off, it could be something really special. Um, and again, wanting to give as many people that opportunity as possible. So with the, you know, we gave everyone a small stipend. Um, we also got permission from I forgot if it was equity or something like equity adjacent for, you know, mm -hmm. some actors were equity. Um, we had a limited amount of time that we could rehearse, but we never, I think they gave us maybe 20 hours or something, but we never, I don't think any team went that much. We really didn't have a lot of time, but I think everyone kind of knew that, you know, and we just said, okay, just we're gonna do a table read. We're going to do a rehearsal and then we're going to do a tech rehearsal and then record, you know? Yeah. Um, so ideally, yeah, would have loved to do a full casting process, would have loved to have more rehearsal time. I'm sure the directors would have too. Uh, but again, just wanting to do this for AAPI month um, and getting it done quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think everyone did a really, really good job considering uh, the short timeline that we had. Absolutely. I actually didn't know it was that short. And I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. of course you guys are, you all are all professionals, so I, I'm not shocked by it, but it was like, oh, I, I kind of thought they worked on that a little bit longer. That was, <laughs> so, yeah, amazing. Yeah. It was, yes. it, it didn't um, feel like thrown together at all. It was very oh, well-organized and I mean, not that you threw it together, but you, you know what I mean? Like I've definitely been yeah. part of readings and I'm like, this was done in a day and everyone knows, <laughs> but so we didn't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of eyeballing to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. No, I, it, it's, yeah, we, every piece rehearsed at least six hours, you know. Amazing. Um, but yeah, de definitely, you know, not, not too much, you know, I would say nobody rehearsed more than 20 hours. Um, yeah. We could have, you know, these pieces are so great. Um, and, you know, we were, <laughs> Jason, Yee and I were editing like, like that Friday morning. So <laughs> yeah. it was, it was, uh, we, were, we got it close, but, you know, we got it done. So. <laughs> but it's so, um, it's so, um, or it, it sounds, I, I, I wasn't, you know, involved in it, but like the, um, the power of when you have, I was just talking on the, on the podcast about like, know your why like know why you're know doing why. a story it. and it's yeah. going to help your process. So I feel like you had, it sounds like such a strong, why this was important for you to do, why this, this, um, this scene night. And, and I, I, I hesitate to even call it that because it was a whole production like this production. <laughs> program, like, program, yeah, yeah. Program <laughs> yeah. like was so important to do. And it, it really just is so, it's a nice reminder that, when you have a really strong why and you have a community and this collaborative process, like you can get it done. Like it seems daunting and maybe I'm sure it was, you know, hard and stressful at times, but my goodness, you can get, you can get it done if, if you have that community, I think, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on like that? Yeah. I love the know your why. I love that. I'm going to, I just wrote that down. I'm going to post it here. Oh yay. Um, yeah. That if you have a passion for it and, you're excited about it, uh, that absolutely will drive you, you know? Um, I think it's a, a small, you know, in, in addition to knowing how much work it would be, a small percentage of why I hesitated or someone to do it was because I was so scared to do it, like the pressure to get it right, you know, to, because, you know, I mean, there's so many plays out there and I could only choose, like, I was gonna, I was going for like eight to 10. So we ended up mm -hmm. with nine there's so many out there. Um, yeah. I'm, I know I, I missed a lot of people, you know, um, I tried to make up for that by we in the program, <clears throat> which I hope you got, yeah. um, there was a list of like Asian playwrights and their plays that we, we recommend, you know? So I know we missed, you know, some people we could have included, you know, but we, you know, <laughs> wanted to keep it under 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, but know your why is absolutely important. And, and that was the thing, like, and, and that was such, uh, such a touching thing that I got during the process afterwards from so many of the directors and actors who are like, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this. This is so important. Um, thank you for having us, you know, um, because again, it, it wasn't just like a general Asian call, right? Like their playwrights, like, I'm, you know, Nandita, her play had a Filipina and a South Indian man. And she was like, I'm, I'm very picky that this is, cast ethnically correct I'm like so am I don't you worry like we got you you know and yeah and and what a treat for us you know because again we just kind of get you know general Asian you know but like it's it, what does that mean <laughs> you know which is like I'm sure for you it's like you know this this cast a wide net right like white or Caucasian right and you're like but there's we're so different right um so yeah that that passion and, and that pressure, to be honest, <laughs> really oh, yeah. does push you forward. But, you know, I've worked on projects that I, I, I'm not passionate about and, I, and you procrastinate, you drag your heels about, you know, so I think yeah. um, 
yeah, even even with the quarantine or even maybe as I've just gotten older and I just don't have time for nonsense. Um, <laughs> I think truth. Just, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, nobody's got time for stuff they're not passionate about. Um, just yeah. prioritizing your time and say, OK, like picking things that serve me. Right. That serve your time, serve you well. You know, um, there were things that I <clears throat> could have done or had maybe lined up, but I was like, everything's getting pushed for the show because this is the most important thing to me right now. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering what, um, these two questions are, are kind of in, in like hand in hand. So sure. pick whichever one is on your heart. Uh, what, what was the most, or like one of the, the most rewarding things about it and what was like a challenge that you came up against um, kind of during the process? Yeah, um, I think for any project, you'll find this too, as you, I know you're producing your short um, uh, budget oh God, yeah. is the biggest. <laughs> the I was like, well, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I cry. Budget is so, is so hard. Um, and I understand. I completely understand um, yeah. the, the budget. Yeah. So for us, the budget was the hardest thing. Um, you know, the time crunch is the time crunch, but you know, the budget, cause I want everyone to get paid. Um, so that, that was a little hard. I actually had to call in some favors and a couple people didn't get paid, but I bought them dinner. So yes, <laughs> I like, yes. I'll buy you dinner. Um, but yeah, no, they were so sweet. They were like my, my three friends who agreed to do it unpaid. Um, and, uh, but, but the, again, the most rewarding, I touched on this earlier, just how many people, I wasn't looking for this, but they just wrote to me, um, on their own and just how much it meant to them and how much they learned and how grateful they were to be a part of the show that the show existed. Um, that was so sweet. And then I got to, you know, I wrote to all the writers to get their permission and I was writing some of my heroes, you know, so uh, like Julia Cho, who I love. Um, my audition monologue is from one of her plays. I've read all of her plays, uh, you know, to not only get her permission to use, you know, Aubergine, um, one replace Aubergine for the show. But I just, I was like, just by the way, like, <laughs> you know, just totally like yeah. sent her a fangirl paragraph and my thanks, you know, for letting me do this. And then she wrote back and was just, you know, she was very sweet, very gracious. She's like, I'm, I'm so glad my, my work like speaks to you and just very, said very nice things to me. Um, Jeannie Sakata is, is, she wrote Hold These Truths. Uh, she's wonderful as well. Just so, yeah, I just, you know, cause I'm a writer too. So I, I double like bow down to, you know, playwrights who are great writers. So to be able to communicate with them and, and get their permission to share their work and then, you know, maybe kind of start this, even though it's all just online, um, you know, kind of uh relationship you know to say oh this is who i am like i love your work blah, blah blah you know i hope to work with these playwrights in the future work with these directors in the future um but that's just to to it sounds really dumb but like the fact that they would say yes to me in the bear group you know means now they they know the bear group too but they would say yes to me and know me i was like oh my god i'm somebody you know yeah <laughs> like well oh it's huge so it's cool. huge they're yeah i just i just love their work so much and um was so happy they said yes so that was yeah that was really, so well thank you playwrights if you're listening yeah, to us thank you, thank you. For reflection, playwrights. <laughs> um 
I don't know, because um, you you didn't use this this language, but as an audience member, it felt like it was a very collaborative process. Did you feel like it was collaborative or were you like really spearheading it because of the time constraint? Like, what was that experience like? It was definitely very collaborative. Um, my co-producer Quinn and I were meeting, you know, two, three times a week uh, for weeks. She was a wonderful co-producer with me. Um, and while I did, I, you know, when we reached out to the directors, we said, any suggestions you have, you know, we tried to, you know, incorporate as many as we could. And then when we picked the plays, you know, we would both read them and I kind of say, oh, like, I, you know, this excerpt or this scene sounds good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, so yeah, it was definitely collaborative with a lot of the directors. Um, and they would ask questions about what they can, can, can do. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. You know, I wanted, um, I wanted consistency, obviously, but I also wanted them to, you know, have their own vision for what their their scene would be, you know, and do do what made them happy. Um, so definitely, yeah, collaborating with Quinn, collaborating with the directors, um, my actors uh, for, for my scenes. Um, I didn't get to know all the different actors from the different scenes because I didn't direct them, but, you know, I would stop in their rehearsal, you know, just to say hi um, or see them afterwards, you know um yeah so it was yeah it was challenging but also incredible what we got done you know all together virtually like oh yeah I didn't see anybody in person <laughs> if you can believe it but yeah it felt um well I hope I hope to the audience you tell me I hope it felt cohesive and I hope it felt like we were all in it together to you know, oh yeah so yeah yeah well that's why I asked because I was wondering like do you have any tips for like um like creating an environment that does seem so as you said like cohesive and collaborative like was there any like um I don't know do you approach things in a way that I don't know does that make sense does that my question make sense like do you have any tips for yeah. that oh absolutely especially as a producer right because you're a leader um mm -hmm. so I think establishing that tone from the you know from the beginning you know, whether it's an individual email or a group email saying, hi, friends, like, I always say hi, friends. Yeah. <laughs> we're all friends and, and you know, <laughs> like that. We're that, in it now. That, yeah, we're all in this together. Yeah. Um, you might say, hi, friends, like, thank you so much for being part of this. We really appreciate it. Like, and I mean it too. Like, I really could not have done the show without the five directors. Like, a mm -hmm. lot of them, you know, edited their own pieces too. Um, and I was putting it all together. So I could not have edited like nine pieces. That would have been insane. Um, but truly, truly, like, I, I mean it when I say, like, I couldn't have done it without Quinn, couldn't have done it without, without our directors. Um, but yeah, just building that, like, team morale of, like, this is, this is what we're doing, this is the goal, this is your part, um, you know, always email or call, you know, or text uh, if you need anything, you know, um, because, you know, especially on like a film set, well, no, like a stage stage set too, you know, everyone uh, has their role, right? And everyone is important um, because everyone has something that they're really good at that they'll do, right? Whether it's the grip or the sound mixer or the first AD, right? You know, everyone's an expert in what they're doing. So um, you just want everyone to feel really important to, to know how important they are to the piece um, and how important they are to you. Um, you know, because you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? Or whatever, you know, whatever yeah, that yeah. is. It's like, it's like, you know, but if you build a really good team and you're very, you know, good communication and um, 
just anyone, you know, everyone know how much you appreciate them. Um, genuinely appreciate them. Yeah, um, that's huge. Yeah, it goes, it goes a long way. Um, yeah, I feel like stage managers do that on stage and first ADs or directors, you know, do that on set. So it's just important, you know, because if, if someone doesn't, I think if someone doesn't feel appreciated or someone isn't invested in the project, they, they may not give you their best. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Being a good leader. That's, that's great advice. And I think that it is so important. Um, Cause I feel like, yeah, a lot of people, or at least I hope who, who might be listening are mm -hmm. like thinking about starting a project or maybe are in the middle of it. And when you're, doing your own passion project like you do have to wear a lot of hats and it can be very overwhelming but to really take the time to show genuine gratitude and appreciation is gonna i think make or break the environment like you said yeah, yeah. and like you said know your why right if you share why something is important to you you know then then they'll know why you're doing it right, right. uh yeah absolutely yeah well, um, I have kind of one uh, last like general question for you. Um, I was wondering if you have any like creative practices or like routines that help you in like in any part of your art. Like, is there anything that you incorporate into either daily, weekly, monthly life that um, kind of helps you stay inspired? Yeah, stay, stay inspired or like what, like, or the process or both? Ooh, let's do both. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as an actor, um, I, I follow this thing that I believe it was Hugh Jackman who said it, but I haven't been able to find the article that he quoted, that quoted him saying it, but he's also my favorite actor and like person on the planet. So um, besides my husband. He's and my great. But <laughs> I love <Hugh> <laughs> Little disclaimer <laughs> in there. <laughs> yes, mom, Bonji, I love you the most, but third is Hugh Jackman. So um <laughs> He said, you know, do one thing every day that gets you closer to your dream. And so for me as an actor, like I love that because I think as an actor, we could think, oh my God, we always have to be doing something, 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 right? Or we have like 10 things we could do, you know, update headshots, go to the gym, blah, blah, you know, whatever. So it's like, just do one thing every day, right? So if you read a scene from a play or if you wrote one page of your script or you i don't know like shared something on instagram that you know a play that you got coming up or something really cool that you did like that's the one thing you know so um so that's one piece of advice that i like to give out like do one thing every day um that gets you closer to your to your dreams and it could just be one thing and that's enough you know resting is also okay like if you yeah. just want to take a day out say okay today i'm gonna rest and tomorrow i will read this play um, as far as creative process or routine, uh, I work best with deadlines, <laughs> so <laughs> whether okay. it, you know, take a class, which will, you know, get you into like a weekly habit for however long that class is of, you know, doing, you know, writing or acting or whatever, you know, take a class or, um, if you do, I know Zoom co-writes became like a big thing over the pandemic. It's it might stick around, you know, because I wouldn't want to like commute to like write for two hours. Yes. Um, you know, so Zoom co-writes <laughs> um, or just even if you don't have a class or anything, like set that deadline for yourself, you know? So, um, so when I'm working on projects, I mean, obviously with reflections, it was like AAPI month, right? So I had right. to be, in but for other things, things don't, 
happen because we're like, oh yeah, we have time to do that, right? So, <laughs> so what I like to do is say, okay, like, do I want to shoot something before there's snow on the ground, right? Like, okay, cool. So let's like, maybe I'll choose a day in November, like November 3rd and say, okay, I'm going to shoot this by November 3rd and then work backwards from there. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, like when do I want um, cast and crew locked down? When do I want budget locked down? When do I want location? Like, working, start with your deadline and then work backwards from there, um, helps for me. And then the other thing, just as a filmmaker um, that I've really learned a lot from is doing really quick film festivals. So I did the Bear Groups, oh my God, is it 48 hour? God, was it 48? I think it's 48 for film and 24 for stage. I think oh my God, that's so short. <laughs> I think so. I, I cannot believe we did that those films in 48 hours but yeah so you know a couple of my first short films were like I did the 48 hour film festival um and I've done two 72 hour film festivals with Asian Film Lab um and that just teaches you as a writer teaches you to write quickly to not second guess yourself and just go with like you know go with it you know as a filmmaker just you just work quickly and then by the end of it you have something to show for your time uh and people are very forgiving for things that like a 48 hours or 72 hour film festival but the cool thing is that like you you set yourself uh, you know this goal to do this and then you get it done right i think so i know so many writers whose work i love and like i'll check in with them like a year after i read their thing and i'm like have you shot this yet? And they're like, no. And I'm like, you have to shoot it. Just do it, please. Like, I want to see it. You have to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, just, just do it, you know, because I think, yes, there's like perfectionism. Yes, there's like, oh, I'm saving money to, you know, pay everyone. Like, I, I, I get that for sure. But sometimes I think, you know, for whatever reasons, we could just be scared to start, you know, and, and I, I think you just got to do it. Just start, just do it. You know? That's literally oh, the thing <laughs> she did. I didn't even tell her to do that. That's exactly, I, we're like on the same wavelength. That's, and yeah. I tried to remind people too, like everything can always be edited more. You have to just decide that like, hey, the story is clear and I want to shoot this. I mean, movies, like we see movies all the time. I, at least I do. And I'm like, oh, that scene didn't really have to be there. Or like, oh, they could have cut this different. Like you can always edit, but at some point you have to decide like, oh, this is the lifespan of this project. It is done now. We're going to put that into the world and then I'm going to work on something else. Yeah. 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 And you just, you just got to do it. Like, yeah. um, if you really want to, you just got to do it. That's, that's what I say. Just do it. Yeah. Just, just do it. Just, <laughs> just start. Just start and hire me if you want help. Anyway, <laughs> nameless plug. Anyway, speaking of plugs, there we go. Segue. Um, before we, uh, before we end our, our interview here, can, where can people like find you? Can they follow you anywhere? Do you have an email list? What is the best way to kind of stay up to date on what you're doing? Yeah, uh, no email lists, uh, but I, I guess just Instagram is the best best thing. I'm at Chris D. Ng. I don't know if, oh, I'll, it's podcast. Okay, so at K-R-I-S-D-N-G uh, is my Instagram handle. Great, I will link it as well into like the show. Ah, cool, Thanks. Um, yeah, so you can find me there. I'll post all my projects there. Um, so you can find me there, but I, yeah, I don't have any upcoming projects because I'm pregnant. (laughs) Are you serious? 
Yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> she just see my face right now. I like jumped. Oh my god! Wait, Mazel. I was like, oh, I'm gonna drop this in at the end of the interview. <laughs> Holy heck! So um, yes, yeah, so I'm due. I'm due at the end of August. So I'm not taking on. That's Christy. That is tomorrow. That is like so <laughs> soon. Oh, I, not too soon though. I I don't I don't have no, a no, bunch no. of. Stuff Sorry, not, not scarily soon, but it's June 30th right now. And I have I been, know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We've been in class together for this whole I year. I know. Wow. Well, no, of course you don't owe us any information, but oh my goodness, that's so exciting and congratulations. And wow, what a, what an information drop. <laughs> Holy yeah, heck. You can include that if you want to, it's up to you, but. um. What? Oh, you can or cannot include that in your podcast. I would love to. It is so heckin' fun. Yeah. Um, no, thank but yeah. So... So... What? I said, thank you so much for sharing. It's so exciting. <laughs> thank you. I couldn't. Well, it's a girl. So I can't, I can't hide her for too long. Um, it's been easy to hide during a pandemic. Uh, and I'm also, I'll share. I'm not really, I don't know if you could see. I'm not really showing that much. I got a little, I got a little something. Yeah. Oh my gosh, mommy belly. Something. But yeah, I'm definitely not like traditionally showing as much. So <laughs> it is small really, baby. It's been really easy and fun to hide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. Yeah. So I, I mean, I might, I, I did do, I did um, like I said, a 72-hour film, uh, festival with Asian Film Lab. So we'll find out in August if we made top, <clears throat> top 40 um all right so stay tuned August. <laughs> yeah uh maybe you know you know you never know I'm I want to work you know in July uh so we'll see if I, if I pick up any plays or any um uh you know films or anything but definitely yeah. by August I will just be preparing for baby's arrival so yeah um but but you know but I'll be back right I'm not gonna oh yeah I'm not done just because I'm gonna be a mom so um you know maybe next year I'll be back on stage or on set yeah stuff. well but, thank but you so my number one project right now <laughs> absolutely understood and makes total sense and I think it'll be fun to I don't know I don't people don't have to share their personal lives on social media, but I want people to know where they can find you because you are a really inspiring artist and you have done so much and you have so many talents. So I just want people to know where to contact you if they need. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for this. This was so fun. I and think the same of you, by the way. I hope you know how inspiring and amazing I think you are. So. Well, thanks. You, this you was a really fun. What? I was going to say, this has been a really uh, lovely conversation and I appreciate you oh thank you I appreciate you too yeah I've um my productivity through the pandemic has been up and down you know wavelengths um which I I just uh you know not to be all like hippie hoity-toity but you know I do believe in like rest and like oh yeah not, <clears throat> not like putting your energy to anything that doesn't feel like organic doesn't you know you're not passionate about right um but you you have been so consistent this whole pandemic and I'm just like wow how does she do it and and you you put your 100 into things and and 
it's genuine. Like I feel it from you. It's really genuine, you know? So you've just been really inspiring to me, not in a pressure way, but in a like, you're really inspiring. I, I aspire to be like you when I have the energy, <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna chill for now and then I'll, I'll get back. Yeah. Way. Um, just to be that consistent, you know, and, and, uh, you know, in addition to being, you know, incredibly talented as you are and you, you're always also, um, there for your, you know, for your fellow artists, which is so wonderful. It's such a blessing to have you as like a fellow artist, but like also a friend. So I just want to tell oh you that. Gosh. So thank you. Well, thank you. That, well, I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> that, thank you for, for, for that. I will say too, though, that for me being creative is also a coping mechanism. And I think that, um, like, and I've, I've been in therapy also for this whole year, like working on like, hey, Ari, you can take a break because I do love being creative and I love, um, I, I feel like, yeah, I am pretty steadily doing things, but also like I need to, otherwise I'm like, uh, who am I as a person? So I just want to say too, like, <laughs> not, not to like make this a whole downer, but I do want to say like the way that I appear doesn't have to be a goal. And I'm not saying that that's what you said, but like just to people, cause I know people say that a lot to me. They're like, you're always busy. And I'm like, yeah, and I love it, but it's also something that like I need to be doing to like have a good day. So I just want to say like, you really inspire me to also like remember to rest because if we're not passionate about what we're doing on a daily, then like, what are we really doing? And it is, so you said like hippy dippy about it, but it's just like anti-capitalism. Like we are so yeah, not to, not to get into that whole, it's a whole conversation, but like, conversation. it's like, yeah, absolutely rest too. And anyway, I might cut this part of the conversation out because I didn't mean to get, <laughs> I didn't mean to get so sad about it, <laughs> but I just wanted to say, I always like to tell like, be really transparent with people when they, um, like, you know, say thing, like, say, like, say that to me because I'm like, yeah, but what you're doing is fan freaking tastic too. Like, please teach me how to prioritize <laughs> resting <laughs> because I need that. So anyway, learning um, from each no other, worries. I think. No worries. I, I agree with you. And again, yeah, you can keep this or, or not. It's up to you. But, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen so many people pop up, you know, this pandemic about like rethinking that hustle, right? That like, why are we, why do we, um, not reward, but why do we like kind of look up to like hard work, right? There's, there's, there's like hard work, like, you know, like, but then, then there's just like working too much, right? And I think we, you know, we hear people doing 80 hour weeks, and we're like, holy crap, you know, what, you know, and, you know, and, and this thought of like, oh yeah, you got to work 60 to 80 hours a week in your twenties to be a millionaire when you're 40. And it's like, let's, how about we just not do that? Like, I, I, you know, this is just me, but like, I don't care about being a millionaire. I just want to be happy. Right. I yep. want a steady job, like roof over my head. Don't give me, I want the basics, but like, I don't need millions. to be happy. <laughs> Actually, I want to be happy. Right. Um, no, the other thing I, and I, yeah, I hope, you know, I, I wasn't saying it in that way. I, I think you got that, but no, um, not at all. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just good to be consistent you know as you are and and I totally hear you with the creative thing I for I had like every like the past not the pandemic winter but like the two or three winters before that I really every winter thought that I had SAD so I started working with a therapist to see if like I do or not 
and um it turns out i don't i just hate winter <laughs> but, but yeah but also one, valid one thing we because i grew up in san francisco and like it never drops below 50 over there um yeah. so i just like really hate east coast winters but one thing we worked with and like experimented with was you know she's like tell me tell me a couple of things that like make you happy like even though much i was like okay going to the gym and like being creative right she's like okay like let's let's do a creative goal every week so I, I set a goal with her that I would write like somewhere between five and eight, five to 10 pages of the script, like every week. And, um, and I would like turn it into her, not, she wasn't grading or anything, but yeah, just, yeah. like, look, like I did this. Right. And, and that, that made me happy. And like, and actually the, the, the winter before lockdown, I did like two stage readings. I did two plays like in the, in the like two and a half months before we shut down. Right. So I completely, agree and under, understand the like being creative is it's just it's in here right yeah it's why i did i did political science and human rights work for 15 years but like i went back to acting like it's in here it's yeah in the soul that what makes us happy right so you know i i never look at your feed and think oh my god you're too much like i never think that i think well this is really cool this is what she's doing next she seems really passionate about it. I'm getting behind it. You know, I know you've probably seen lots of accounts where like people are like posting their hustle, but they don't seem really genuine about it, you know? And it's like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> you know, you do you, I'm gonna do me. But like, yeah. just as long as you're happy, if that makes you happy, it's cool. But I, I, I hope you, you know, I think you know, but I, I meant your consistency and then, and then the genuine, passion you put behind everything you do is really inspiring and um i'm always here to help with anything you ever need so you can oh right help. back at you thank you so much <laughs> you are so sweet um yeah thank well you. i hope that um yeah i thank you so much for this conversation and i hope that you have a very creative rest of, of your evening and thank i will you. talk to you as soon as i stop this recording <laughs> <laughs>